Hey y'all, it's me, Crystal Feliciano, and this is All The Chatter Podcast. How you doing today? Come on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I just want you to know that this episode is sponsored by Jersey Flight Football. Jersey Flight is a member of the National Arena League. And guess what? They have several home games that are going to be taking place in Trenton, New Jersey at the Cure Insurance Arena. The dates are June the 4th, June the 12th, June the 25th. Indoor football right in Trenton, New Jersey. For tickets or more information, please visit www.cureinsuranceArena.com com forward slash upcoming dash events www.cureinsuranceArena.com forward slash upcoming dash events or you can call 609-310-1233 also be sure to visit www.jerseyflightfootball.com come on out everybody and let's take flight with jersey flight All right, all right, all right. So today, I want to take a moment and let's just take a look back um, at Black Wall Street, right? And the Tulsa Race Massacre. We're looking at this thing now 100 years later, okay? Because we know that the Tulsa Massacre took place May 31st to June 1st of 1921, all right? So let's talk about it. Black Wall Street began O.W. Gurley. He was wealthy. He was a black landowner. He purchased 40 acres of land in Tulsa, 1906, and he named that area Greenwood, right? And so the population came from formerly enslaved black people and sharecroppers who relocated to the area running from racial terror that they have felt in other areas, okay? So Oklahoma still was segregated at the time. So as, as Gurley opened up a boarding house, grocery stores, and sold land to other black people, they then secured their own houses and opened their businesses, right? So then the population grew 11,000, right? It grew to 11,000, and the area became an economic powerhouse. And then they called it Black Wall Street. Okay, so Greenwood then having things set up functioned independently. Now let's listen to this. It's own school system, post office, bank, library, hospital, and public transit, right? It also had luxury shops, restaurants, grocery stores, hotels, jewelry, clothing stores, movie theaters, barbershops, salons, pool halls, nightclubs, offices for doctors, lawyers, and dentists. These people were doing their thing. So the district took off. It was, it was like an economic and entrepreneurial mecca for black folks, right? Because in the area of segregation, you know, black folks were shut out for so many things. So for them to come on and come up with their own, they were doing things in great leaps and bounds, right? But now, racial terrorism still was going on in Tulsa. Ku Klux Klan was getting more powerful and more powerful, right? And so there were things that, that the Oklahoma Supreme Court was doing, right? They regularly upheld voting restrictions such as poll taxes and literacy tests for black voters, okay? And so what happened was by 1919, white civic leaders, they sought Greenwood's land for a railroad depot or other uses. No, 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 no. So now people are getting upset 
the white people were getting upset because some of them weren't doing well economically. And then they had to look across the tracks and see black people living in homes, driving cars, furnishing their houses with luxury items, women in fur coats, everything of success. Now, people started getting upset. Let's talk about it. They even called Greenwood Little Africa. Little Africa. Because the black folks were over there, right? Uh, they had to come up with some kind of name, I guess, to make themselves feel good. So they said, look at Little Africa over there. Everybody always got to come up with a nickname for something. Just call me Crystal, right? Just call me Crystal. But anyway, let's move on. On May the 30th, Dick Rowland, he was a young black shoe shiner. He had to use the bathroom. He had to use the coloreds only bathroom. And you know what? One day I want to have some guests come on and let's talk about that, right? Because at one time we had to use the colors only bathroom, the colors only uh, um, fountain we had to drink out of. We had to sit in certain places because we were color folks. We had to wait our turn in line. Look, at one point in time, we weren't even considered a whole person. So I want to have a conversation about the then and the now, What's going on? What's still going on? What's happening um, in our faces? What's happening behind the scenes, right? Because there's still a lot of things that are going on, seen and unseen, to continue the inequity, right, that's given to the, to the black male and female. So anyway, the young man had to use the bathroom, and the bathroom was located on the top floor of the Drexel building, right? So now he goes to get on the elevator. The elevator is operated by a white woman. Her name is Sarah Page, young white girl. Okay, cool. Roland goes to get on the elevator. Dick Roland steps onto the elevator and he tripped. So you know how you trip, you fall forward. You put your hands up in front of you because you want to brace the fall because you don't know what's going to happen. He, he lunges forward or falls forward and he um, clings onto her dress and it tears. Not that he was looking to do anything. He just was trying to brace the fall. She screams out, right? Her name is Sarah Page. So she screams out, ah, right? Not that she was being attacked or assaulted, but because she probably was stunned at what had happened, just as he. He gets nervous or whatever. He jumps up. He takes off out. Because Dick Rowland runs out now, a white shop owner sees, you know, him running, heard her scream. So now he goes and tells the cops, well, he attacked her. Now, they go and arrest him the next day. So now Dick Rowland is arrested. So now we're at court. People are learning about what's going on. People are hearing the story. Now, we're at the courthouse. So when the Greenwood residents learned of the impending lynch mob that was going to be there at the courthouse, right? A group of mostly black men that included World War I veterans armed themselves and went to the courthouse to protect Roland, not to incite a riot, not to cause harm or foul to anyone. They wanted to protect Roland, who's, who, who had just, you know, he, was, he had fallen. He grabbed his skirt. It was a mistake. But he went, they went to go and protect him, right? And guess what? That, that means of protection became commonplace whenever black folks were on trial because why? Because the end result was that they would face a lynching, right? They would face a lynching. That was just it. Here we go. So now the sheriff told the people, y'all need to get out of here. You need to get out of here. So now there's a white mob also. And that mob grew to more than 2,000. And the police didn't tell them nothing. Okay, so now, later on that night, 
The armed black men return back to protect the to protect Roland. A fight breaks out. A white man tries to disarm a black man, prompting a shooting, right, that lasted throughout the night. So now, because the gun was discharged, people are shooting all over the place. Now they're tearing up everything. They're tearing up everything. So in the early hours of June 1st, the then governor, James, uh, James Robertson, he sends out the National Guard and declares martial law. Okay. So now the national law, local law enforcement, and then some deputized white citizens canvassed Greenwood. They canvassed the area to disarm, arrest, and move black people to nearby um, camps, dragging some folks out of their homes. They dragged some folks out the homes. Listen to what I'm telling you. It resulted in the uncontested mob outnumbering the remaining black people by 20 to 1. And... And not only were they shooting and burning up the places, the homes, the businesses and everything, old war, war, I can't even say it, y'all. Old World War One airplanes dropped bombs on Greenwood. They dropped bombs on them with the mob uh, shooting black people, looting and burning their homes and their businesses. Listen, all they went to do was make sure that Roland was okay and didn't get lynched. That's all. As a result of this, the angry white folks that stood on the other side of the track looked at this as their opportunity to tear up little Africa, as they called it, right? You heard what I said. The governor said, y'all can go on out there. I'm going to deputize you. Now, I've never heard of anyone deputizing black people to go out and right the wrongs that have been done to them by white people. But, uh, you know, again, this whole spin is very interesting. So they took it as an opportunity to tear up what these black people had worked hard to build up. In the end, Sarah Page, the, the woman in the elevator, she never even pressed any charges. Right. She never even pressed any charges and the law never even held one person responsible for killing as many as 300 black Americans. 300 black Americans were killed in this melee. Now to add further insult to injury pictures, pictures of the burned black bodies were shared as postcards and sent to white families, almost like trophies, right? Like when they would lynch black folks and take the picture, they burn the crosses and, and, and do all of their ritualistic acts um, to dehumanize, disrespect um, black people. They took the pictures of the aftermath of what they had left and mailed them as postcards to their families and not one person not one person was held responsible for killing as many as 300 black americans listen 30 blocks of black homes and black excellence burnt to the ground in 16 hours people shot buildings burned bombs dropped all because someone said that the young black man had assaulted the woman 
when that had not been. See, it went deeper than that. That was just the excuse that folks wanted to use to tear up the way that they did, right? Because now she never pressed charges. Nobody caught a charge for even inciting any of this and shooting and killing and doing. No one was held responsible for killing as many as 300 black Americans. And this was deemed as okay. These stories you won't hear in the history books or see in the read in the history books, right? Not the ones that we see in the schools that we attend. They won't be taught in the history classes. You would think that black folk were merely just slaves. Not that they were inventors and creators or, or people that helped build the, the nation. No, 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 no. Remember, again, I say it. At one point, we weren't even seen as a whole person. They don't want us to vote. They want us to be educated. Nothing. We should just be glad to be here. No. No. That's not it. That's not the answer. And so, we have Black Wall Street. A look back on the, uh, on the Tulsa Race Massacre. A hundred years later today. A hundred years later today. Many lives were lost and Families destroyed and businesses destroyed, but the story will live on because of those willing and brave enough to continue to tell it and educate. And so I challenge those of you who know about Black Wall Street and what happened to continue to tell the story, to make it manifest. I encourage those um, that, are, that, that have the means to do so, look to build your own Black Wall Street in your community. The power of the black dollar is great and it can be done, right? It can be done for those that just learned about the story. I encourage you to tell other people about it and to continue to dig deeper, to educate yourself on the history that many would like to be, to remain um, untold and untouched. There are a great many people that have done great things to help make this nation what it is. There were many people who were used to help build the nation to be what it is. And their stories deserve to be told. There's more to the story than what's been projected and presented out there. And it's up to those that know the truth to just go ahead and to share it and to tell it one to educate others, but also to bring hope to those that would need it because things are possible. Things have been done. Credit needs to be given where it is due. And those that have done the wonders of creating a black wall street should be celebrated. And those that tore it down, the truth needs to be told exactly what happened, why it happened, and an efforts made that as we all move forward, that nothing like this would ever happen again. All right, y'all, it's me, Crystal Feliciano. This has been all the Chatter Podcast. Until the next time.